Hello and welcome into episode 71 of the Stomp the Bus Show. I am your host, Mark Harris, joined by co-host Colton Dodgson and a very special guest, uh, Atlanta Braves beat reporter and former Taylor Place resident, Justin Toscano. Justin, how's it going, my man? Man, I've been trying to get on this show for like a year. That was that was yeah. a better intro than I expected. Uh, man, I just... Uh, Feels like yesterday we we're going down to Devil's Greens to get get that burrito bar, man. So just excited to chop up some ASU sports with you guys. It's a proud legacy, Taylor Place. So it's great to it's great to finally get you on. We you know we would have had you on earlier, but uh, we were really backlogged with our guests, um, and we just we were jam packed tight, man. Like we couldn't find any space. So I'm sorry. It's Dude, it's all right. I mean, when you have like Bobby Hurley, Kenny Dillingham, and Ray Anderson on and back to back to back weeks, like, dude, I I totally understand. I'll take a backseat. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Mark lost those episodes though, so we never yeah. got to post those. <sighs> Dang. Yeah. Dang. Damn internet gremlins. I got them. That's, that's all. Oh, it, was. it must have been. It must have been the big like one terabyte brick that you used for like jmc videography classes that that must have been full so probably just lost the episodes yeah classic harris yep i screwed it up that that's why ray anderson yeah that, yeah that was that's why he didn't come on the show is that because of that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah totally i wonder if any totally. like that we our, our podcast has such a like small following but i wonder if like someone like whether it's Hurley or Dillingham or Ray Anderson or Crow, like someone just happened to like stumble upon an episode of where Colton and I are just like ripping <laughs> or something. Well, I mean, with, with the, the clip art that you made for our cover, I don't see how it wouldn't catch their eye. Hey, that's right. <laughs> hey, that's I, it was either that or we, we hire a, a professional graphic designer we have to we got to save some bucks on this show i was i was gonna say man the advertising money you got to use that for the guests not not me i mean I, i'm on here for free but i mean once you once you nab like bloomquist dillingham i mean maybe you can get Jaden rashada on here you know james just, harden james no. harden yeah that's uh that's yeah something. speaking of asu basketball <laughs> There you go. Yeah, there's a That's transition. Flashback um, to a better time. We were, yeah, we were, we were de delaying the inevitable, inevitable here with getting into ASU basketball. But yeah, since we last recorded, ASU actually split on the mountain road trip uh, and then beat Oregon State for the first time this year after losing in Corvallis. But reality reared its ugly head down in Tucson when ASU lost to Arizona 105 to 60 on Saturday and the score indicates exactly how bad of a game it was uh Justin what just from afar what what were your uh 30,000 foot thoughts on that game or do you want to get into the nitty-gritty yeah um uh, <clears throat> call them like 50,000 foot thoughts you know what like I'm not even that mad. Like one of the guys I'm on the beat with asked me, I walked into the press box and he's like, so the Wildcats get to 200 last night. And it's like, honestly, like they're just a way better team. And I think like, to me, like <clears throat> that's not like 
that's not the one that bothers me. You know, like the one that bothers me is when you cough it up at the University of San Diego, like not San Diego State, the University of San Diego, losing to like Cal, I mean, Stanford, right? Like, like some of those losses that I feel like, of course, the basketball program hasn't been a powerhouse under Bobby, but it feels like this year is just bad, man. Like, it just feels like this year, like, there's not a ton I can look at for hope for the future, especially because I feel like the guys we do have, the ones that are, you know, like a Jemiah Neal, for example, or something like that. Like, is there any way those guys don't transfer? Like, I don't know the inner workings of the program, but it's like, dude, guys have transferred after good years. I just feel like, I don't know, man. And I love Bobby, love how long he stayed with ASU. I just like, for some reason, more so than other years, even when he took the job, it looked like there was like, this kind of feels like 2017 when they were getting pounded by those, you know, like Kentucky and all those schools at the beginning of the year. Um, I should say 20, that was 2016. But like, this kind of feels like that year where it's like, these guys, for the most part, Bobby has fielded like pretty good rosters that have played a somewhat exciting brand of basketball. This is like the flip side. Like these guys just really like can't hang. And I think like I, it's just very clear. And I think the 30 foot thoughts are like, I don't know that there needs to be a change. I mean, I guess we'll get into like the pros and the cons of that, but it's just like, it feels like ASU basketball has kind of hit its lowest point since like 2016. Yeah. It's, it's just, Oh, I'll let you go after this Colton. But like, it's just, there's no like, yeah, you mentioned it. There's nothing to like grasp onto. And a lot of times like Hurley teams would lose some dumb games in conference play, but they at least had these impressive non-con wins in their bag. So that's how you end up sneaking into the tournament, you know, but they're, they're non-con. I'm looking at their schedule. They got blown up at Mississippi state, blown up by BYU, blown up by TCU, blown out by Northwestern. And then you lose at San Diego. So it's like, and you beat Vanderbilt, which cool. But it's <laughs> – and then when you have the Pac-12 play, and it's just things just aren't improving. Yeah. It's just bad. And then it just gets all highlighted in the worst way down in Tucson on the weekend in a just completely uncompetitive game for yeah. most No, 100%. And I think Justin hit on a good point when he's talking about and, – and you, Mark, when you guys are talking about those non-conference losses – I think those losses are what makes games like U of A, because I think you guys are both right. U of A is just a better team. They, they yeah. should be at this point, right? ASU isn't going to hang with a U of A, but ASU needs to beat the teams that they can beat because they have games against teams that they probably won't be able to beat, right? So that's why, that's why those non-con losses hurt so much more. And I think something else that has stood out to me just in like the wake of these losses I think Bobby is talking I, – I haven't seen – and maybe I, I'm just um, – I, I haven't noticed it in years past, but I haven't seen him talking about the off-the-court stuff as much. Yeah. And, like, this season he's doing it way more than I've ever seen him talk about it. He mentions NIL after every game and how ASU just isn't there. And I, I, I see him talking about the state of the program so much more than I have in years past. And again, maybe I just haven't noticed it, uh, but that could be a state of like, 
you know, throwing my hands up. I don't know what else to do here. We're in a position where we can't hang with these programs because we don't have the resources allocated to do so. And that it, that's kind of eye-opening to me because I haven't seen that. Um, that, and I mention it every week, next week we're going, or next year, I mean, uh, glad it's not next week. It would be even worse. But next year we're going to the basketball <laughs> super conference and yeah. we're going to be basement dwellers. So it's like, as, as bad as it sounds, this, I don't know how long it's going to take until we're enjoying quality ASU basketball again. But th that's just kind of what I've noticed in the wake of all of these, these crushing losses and, and letting teams get to a hundred points. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a really good point, Colton, because that's something I didn't even think of, but I remember like, you know, from afar, just seeing, um, the North, I think it was the Northwestern one, man. Like, I think the quotes coming out of that game were horrific about like the offensive cohesiveness, I think it was, or like lack thereof. And just like, just like the themes of some of these press conferences in terms of like trust and like, and like, we've all covered sports, like, dude, that rarely stuff like that is rarely said so honestly. And when it is Especially that early, exactly. And yeah, not, yeah, not certainly not in early December. And when it is said, you know that the problem is worse than just festering below the surface. Like, and I think that's what kind of grips me about the whole situation is it seems like there has not been any cohesiveness. And I remember, uh, I don't know if you guys were on it, but Kyle Dodd did like a Twitter spaces with Ralph Amsden, um, like at around Christmas time. And I hopped on there and like Kyle had some really good like things about just accepting the state of like college sports in terms of like NIL, like transfer portal. He's like, he, I think one of the things he said was basically like, it's tough to care more about ASU than the kids playing for ASU. And he's like, and you can kind of see that during the season. Like he was saying, like, he's like, yeah, like it stinks, but like all the people on this Twitter spaces care more about the university than the people wearing the uniform for the most part. And like, I think that's kind of what you get when you get like, a lot of turnover each year. You've got some mercenaries on that team that won't be there next year. You know, they're just finishing out their careers or they'll transfer elsewhere. And like to Colton, to Colton, to your point, like, I don't know that Bobby, I don't know that it's his fault. Like I'm almost prepared to defend him, but I also feel like going into the big 12 ASU might need a fresh start. Like ASU might need momentum of some sort. And I think the most debilitating part of it is like, I don't like it's been cool from afar to see the hockey arena and like to see hockey just completely like burst out the seams there. But I always thought like ASU, you know, you need the revenue sports and like the fact that they have not addressed the basketball arena and the facilities is crazy to me because like you've got an hour and a half south, like the basketball, you know, a one of the college basketball meccas with great facilities things like that like great atmosphere um and like i even want to preface you know work in there that like i don't have season tickets like you guys do like i don't live there if i did i would like i'd love to go to all those games so it's not like i'm even supporting the program like that it's just sad to see that like basketball i can if i'm bobby i probably feel like a second or third or fourth or fifth priority and it's like he's I wonder if he feels like he maxed out what he can do there. Um, and he's not blameless because I think there's moments where it looked like 
he could have coached better. But I just think, like, in a way, it's sort of depressing because ASU basketball is bad right now. I don't know who we could get that's better than Bobby. But there's got to – but should you even think like that? Should you even think about, you know, or should you shoot for the stars? I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but it's, it's been depressing to, like, see this team, like, that's had basically no fight except for a couple of those comebacks, which now look like complete flukes. Um, and, like, I know, you know, kids are trying, kids are playing hard. But, yeah, like, that U of A game was, like, that was probably the least of ASU's issues. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, I just want to – I just want to – I don't want to steal season ticket valor. Um, I'm actually not one of the sickos that has those season tickets. That's Mark and Connor. So I don't want to step on any toes there, Mark. I know that's that's all you. Uh, yeah, we're we're real high rollers sitting up with our $75 season tickets. I never but, said high rollers. I said sickos because you're still going. So. We are sickos, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't know how many more games. I respect Like, I'm dreading going to the U of A home game at Desert Finance. Just take the over and enjoy it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Just just book it. Takes two to tango for an over to hit, though. That's the problem. Um, Dude, book a a table at Postino, like, right after. Yeah. Just head out. I had that that on Saturday, that over. And, man, I was like, there's no way this doesn't hit in the first – 10 minutes by the end, I was sweating two points, man. ASU just <laughs> fell apart. What was the what was the total? I want to say I got it at one 158 and a half. Oh, okay. So obviously, what, what was the final? Like a hundred. It was 105 to 60, so it, it hit the over. It got it got near the end. But like when you're watching a game like that, it's like how many possessions are they just gonna dribble out? Because yeah. they, they threw the reserves in with, like, seven minutes left in the game, both sides. So, I was like, usually these guys try, but I don't know, man. So Seven minutes fun... left in the game. That's, the... That's bad, Yeah, man. Yeah, That's no, just like... it, was, it was brutal. What's crazy, too, is I watched that entire game. Obviously, I had some skin in it, man. I can't, I can't just not watch it. Um, so, I guess I'm a bit of a sicko, too, Mark, right? Good. You host stage podcasts, so you are a sicko. That you okay. <laughs> yeah, can, right. can confirm. Okay. Uh watching that from start to finish essentially was crazy because ASU comes out of the gate and it's like, oh, all right, they're gonna fight. Like I, I wanna say they yeah. had a lead with like ten, I don't know, seven, ten minutes into the game, somewhere in that range. They had a lead, right? They U of A had to go on a little burst to kind of pull away. But I'm like, okay, maybe they'll stay within that 7 to 10 point range. We kind of saw that in that that full court shot game last year where they just yeah. – U of A just couldn't put them away and they eventually got close enough to be able to do that. But they just they, – they caved. U of A was too fast. They were too big. They could hit shots from the parking lot. They have that range. That is a really, really good team, but ASU, especially for a team, this is what has really stood out to me this year. I think we talked about it last week, Mark, is this is a team that's supposed to have this defensive identity, right? We talk about the steals all the time. We talk about all of these things, and that that defense just folded, and it's like, okay, you're supposed to play tough on defense. Maybe they can get back into this game, but there was just – 
Justin said it. Like U of A is just such a better team than ASU was, and there was they they had no answers. Like they, even if they played their best defensive game of the season, it's like you're gonna stop Umar Ballo for that entire game. Like there's there's no way they don't have the guys. So you're right, and I think it's so tough when we're talking about what that should the, what should the future hold in terms of coaching, right? What direction should yeah. they go in? Has Bobby kind of tapped out? He He's had to turn this roster over each of the last, what, two, three years? And yeah, if, anybody, if anybody has maybe not embraced, but at least tried to make the best of the current state of college basketball, I think he's been the coach that's tried to do it, right? He's hitting that right. transfer portal really hard. He's trying to replenish his roster every year. And we talked about those offensive cohesion questions. And, and the trust issues. And we saw Jose Perez get benched for a half. And we saw all of these things happen, right? I mean, you don't have a group of guys. Perez came in two weeks before the season started, right? Like, yeah. He, like, you and I think what this team would have been without him, too, because he's a yeah. competent scorer. Like, that's the – Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like before we kind of go big picture – that's the one thing in like watching what I've been able to. They just do not have any rhythm offensively. Like mm-hmm. it's it's putrid. Like they don't and it's kind of been weird because like, shoot, man, like you could even say like Herb Sendek guy, like the kind of the end of that area era into Bobby's era, like Trey, and then Bobby brings Shannon. Like even Cody, like, dude, those guys could like create their own shots, I felt like. And like we they don't have anybody like that now. Like, it doesn't feel like they have – they have Jose Perez, Jemiah Neal, I mean, you know, like, Adam Miller. Um, but, like, I just don't see it to the same degree that we have with, like, Dort or, like, in years past, like, even, like, last year. Like, I just don't – like, with Cambridge, like, I don't see it to the same degree where we have somebody who can kind of just, like, score or be, like, that – safety blanket to stop the bleeding like it just yeah. it just isn't there and that's like, and that leads them to just me. yeah and that leads them to just throw up threes at the end of the shot clock all the time and it yeah doesn't that's work. what i was gonna say is like you rarely see open shots that's something you do not see from this offense like ever right it's it's uh jose perez driving and pulling up from mid-range with a guy right in his face and somehow hitting the shot. Like, every time I'm watching an ASU game, I can probably count on one hand the amount of shots that I see. I don't know. One hand might even be generous. The amount of shots that I've seen taken that I'm like, oh, okay, that has a chance, that I feel optimistic in. You know? Like, every shot they take, unless it's like an uncontested layup. And even then, I'm like, okay, hopefully this falls. Like, it's just, you're absolutely right. They don't get open looks. They don't have that microwave guy who can just come in and produce offense, right? It was it was Cambridge, and it was um, uh, Shannon Evans, I think you mentioned, too. That was – he was yeah. Lou Dort, Thunder Up. You know, these guys it, – it's just – those guys aren't around anymore, so. It's – yeah, I – it's I, – I don't want to get, like, too nitty-gritty because I hate, like, shitting on the players. And, like, yeah, I, yeah, that's I don't, like – I don't think it's talk- on the players. I think it's the system. Right, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. that's where – yeah, it's like – I think 
and we'll get into the big picture stuff um, in a bit, but just Hurley's coaching, like it's always been like this, you know, it's always been, you know, like giving the players a lot of freedom and not like always having like a set plays and stuff like that. I mean, they do sometimes obviously, but that like, I feel like it's just hard to like, like if you do that every year, it just like, this can happen, you know? And yeah, it, that's why, like, it's, I think it's two separate discussions when it comes to Hurley. Cause it's like the support compared, like ASU's, ASU support for men's basketball compared to like all the other, you know, power, you know, high major programs has got to be in like the bottom five, you know? And so you have to factor that in when you talk about it. And and then the history of ASU basketball, you have to factor it in because a lot of people just like people like we're friends with who's just like, oh, he's a bad coach. And I'm like, he is, but you have to you have to judge him through the filter of ASU basketball. And so there's that, but it's also like people when they say he's not that great of a coach, they're not like wrong. Like <laughs> And so it's like, it's, you're kind of just juggling those two things. And that's, le- that leads us to like, why the idea of like, oh, well, we couldn't get anyone better is so prominent. It's like, it's yeah. just like, it's like, you're, you know, like, I can't even think of an analogy right now for it, but it's just like, neither is like in a good spot. And you totally understand why Hurley would be looking to go elsewhere if, if that even happens, you know, which I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I do think that that's uh, such a tough conversation because saying that he's just a bad coach, need to hire somebody else, that kind of is like devoid of all context and nuance. And like, like for the most part, and here's the way I see it. Like I remember ASU basketball when we got there, Boring as heck. Brutal. Just like brutal. And the past With years, Yeah, and like the past few years have actually been a lot of fun in terms of like like decent brand of basketball. Like guys played hard. Like that TCU game, I felt like they gave it away, but guys played really hard, like could have gone either way. Right. Really appreciate like the effort from Hurley's teams pretty much every year. Like I love Bobby's intensity, his fire, like standing up for his guys, standing up for the university. Love it. But like, yeah, like the people saying he's a poor coach, like I don't I don't think it's totally off base. Is he a better basketball coach than a lot of people? Yeah, because he's coaching at a power five school. Of course he is. But relative to his peers, I think like, and this is definitely better for a you know, you guys are a Kyle Dodd type person or whoever's watched the games. I think Bobby is a good coach in terms of a great motivator, but I've never left an ASU basketball game thinking that we outcoached the opponent. Like, I've never been like, man, like we really like, and granted, like maybe that was the case and we missed it because of the freedom he gives to guards. Maybe that was the case at KU or against KU at home or, you know, through that 13-0, and 0, number three in the country run at the beginning of the 2017-2018 season. Like, he's had his moments. But I just feel like a lot of ASU basketball games I watch, I'm just wondering, like, man, like, where's the composure? Like, why wasn't a better set drawn up? Or like, it's just, I feel like, and that's 
probably like I don't know. It's just it's hard to quantify because we're not out there. Like, we're, and we're not in the locker room. We're not at the facility. Like, I don't watch enough ASU basketball to say that. And I'm quite uncomfortable like calling for somebody's job. But I think it's like I don't know. There's a part of me that's like ASU should have some momentum going into the Big Twelve. There's another part of me that's like I want Bobby Hurley because I like Bobby. You know, I don't know him personally other than when we covered him in school, but like I, you know, I, I like him and I want him to succeed and I love his fire and I love his attitude. I love his passion. I love that he stuck with ASU when it didn't love him back in a way. And then there's the next part of me that's like, are ASU's hands tied because they still don't have an athletic director? So like, <laughs> how do like, like, so let's just say that even and this will be my final point because I'm rambling. I'm getting too passionate. But like, even hey, if I knew that, that's what that's why you're on the show, my friend. Even if I knew the next hot mid-major coach to bring up to the power, well, power four, power three, you know, super conference, Big Twelve yeah. level, could we even hire that person, him or her, whoever it is? Like, that's the thing. Is like, what good coach, what quality person is going to come to a school? when there might be a new athletic director that'll be like, Oh, you know, you're not my guy. Like, sorry. Or you're, I didn't hire this girl. Sorry. Like, I just think it's like, I don't know. Like it's just such, it speaks to such dysfunction within the athletic department and the university. That's just brutal, man. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And so this kind of, when you brought up the hockey arena and the process of getting a hockey arena built quickly and like doing a great job at it, and like ASU hockey is like kind of like the shining star of the of the athletic department right now. And I love ASU hockey, but if that's your like by far your best program, then that's there's issues. Like how, how did that happen? You know. And so you have the pri- prioritization of a hockey arena before addressing anything with the basketball program, and you have the fact that this athletic director search is it seems like there's just no rush at all. And you juxtapose it with the fact that U of A just hired Desiree Reed Francois, who from Missouri, not from, you know, Utah State or from, you know, Western Kentucky, from Missouri and the SEC, and they are dealing with a huge budget shortfall. And so it's like, when you just add all these things up, it's like, you just, it's like, I just want to scream at Michael Crowby, like, dude, like, Having a good men's basketball program is like a good advertisement for your school. Yeah. And, and by the way, women's basketball is, is even worse. You know, that's another thing to consider. But it's just it's just when you look at it all in totality, it's like a regular, like normally functioning power blank, you know, like you said, Justin, like power X type school. Bobby wouldn't be coming back after this year. Like even with all of what he's accomplished at ASU, like if if there if the athletic director had been hired, you know, I don't know, like a month after Ray Anderson had resigned, like a normal school would have done, then this would be a different conversation. But that's not what happened. And so Bobby, maybe he takes like another job, but I think in the back of his head he knows like I like I'll probably be I can probably come back to ASU if I want to. The question for him is like, how am I going to improve this roster for the Big Twelve? But for the rest of the fan base, it's just like, 
it's just like, what are we doing? Like, why? <laughs> like, why are these decisions being made? And they seemingly just don't make logical sense in totality. I remember last week, Mark, we talked about um, how much of this has to do with the Michael Crow retirement rooms, right? Yeah. And how much of this delay has to do with the fact that maybe there's some truth to those rumors and he's kind of just like, I, I've got a month left here. I'm not going to launch any AD higher. That's for the next guy. You know, that sort of thing, right? Because we've talked about it. It doesn't feel like athletics has ever been his priority, at least from our perspective, right? It doesn't yeah. feel like he's ever emphasized athletics or viewed athletics as any sort of benefit to the university, right? So why all of a sudden now would he prioritize searching for an athletic director, you know, months before he retires? Like, if, if there's truth to that. But the fact that there isn't an athletic director yet makes me think that there might be truth to that because I don't know what other, what other logical reason there could be for not moving on an athletic director because you're absolutely right. It puts your coaches, a guy like Bobby, who just got an extension last year, right? A two-year extension. Yep. It puts guys like that sort of in limbo because you have all of the rumors. You have the, the possible rumors that he's interviewing for other jobs. All of these things are, are swirling, right? I think truthfully, the most realistic scenario is he's back for one more year, right? I think financially that makes a little more sense for the university too. So you don't have to fire a guy right after giving him an extension and work on buyouts and all of that. He also has two four-star guys coming in from his recruiting class, yep. right? And then two three-stars coming in. Um, he, he's got some players. Obviously, we, we don't know what the exodus out of the program is going to look like. And who he's going to bring in, he's he's proven to be somewhat adept in in terms of bringing transfer talent here. But what is that going to look like in a conference that now boasts Kansas, Baylor, Iowa State? <laughs> like the list Houston. goes on. Houston, Arizona, yeah, and yeah. It like. That's why I keep saying, man, I can't off the top of my head. The only other schools that come to mind are UCF and Cincinnati. And I think those two programs are in much better place than even we're in. I, I, I don't uh, – next season, I don't know. Hurley has proven to, to coach his teams to higher floors, I think. Like even in seasons where we're like, this is one of the worst seasons we can remember, they're still hovering around that 500 mark, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. How is that going to look in the Big 12 when you're playing top 25 teams almost every week in your conference schedule, right? Like, it's, it's going to be brutal. And I think it's just a testament to the dysfunction at the highest level right now with the university and the holding pattern that the university might be in because of Crow's reported uh, hypothesized retirement, right? Um, alleged retirement. We don't know if it's happening, but I, I, I struggle to see any other logical reason. Again, all speculation, why they would yeah. be taking so long on trying to find an athletic director. Yeah, that, I think the, um, you guys both mentioned the dysfunction of the athletics department right now. And I, I almost think it's like, it almost brings me back to, God, Mark's hurt me yap about this for two years the football 
dossier that was sent in that envelope and just what that started. It almost feels like it's like to me, Ray Anderson was there too long. And like if Michael Crow is going to retire, as those rumors slash reports suggest, like either blank or get off the pot. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like at this point, it's coming at a harm to the university. And I almost think it's like and there's got to be like other stuff behind the scenes that we just like don't know about. And we just that's hard to. Absolutely. Yeah. Hard, hard to understand. But it almost feels like such an ego driven thing with the way the last two years in the athletic department have gone. Like, it's just been like, it's been tough to support and we do it because we're alumni and like, we love the school and guys like I'll, you know, be the first to say like, I love that Michael Crow made ASU like a good degree, like did so many good things academically, but I don't think you have to pick one or the other. They're not mutually exclusive and and every successful school like, why don't you go ask Bama, which by all intents and purposes is a great school, what it's done to have a good football program. Georgia. Why don't you go – Georgia, yeah. Like, look at the applications of Georgia. Even like – dude, even like Texas. Like, schools like – like, why don't you ask them what it does to have decent programs across the board? And it's almost like, to me, I think where I get hung up on this is, yeah, like, I agree with you, Colton. The, the most logical, realistic – expectation for me is like Bobby comes back for another year. Like, I don't, I don't see unless he gets the job at, I don't know, like DePaul or something like, and maybe he's just like, you know what? Like I'm basically working on borrowed time and I'm just going to, I don't know like what he would think, but yeah, it's like, I do think in general, like he's coached that team to higher floors. Like I, I think that's been remarkable considering ASU has had like zero basketball success historically compared to like some other schools. Um, but I, I just I can't get over like how egotistical everybody was in this process in terms of like in terms of like Ray Anderson protecting his own hide with Herm Edwards not taking any of the fall that stuff just being if they would have handled that quicker things would have been set in motion way sooner yep. it feels like it feels like that's just my opinion from afar yep. and it's like we almost it almost feels dead right now. Like we almost just feel dead. We don't have an athletic director. We don't know when, when one is coming. We don't even know if they have any ideas for one because the, we don't know if the president's going to be there. And so it's like, it's so debilitating to have this period of just this holding pattern and like pause. And it's even worse when your rival who is in a huge budget deficit is moving quicker on these things than than you know than we are and i think that's like i don't know i guess that's frustrating and i like if we were to talk about i'm sure we will later like the football program for example absolutely terrible team in 2023 terrible terrible team hope it's never like that again but i can see hope in kenny dillingham like i can feel like something coming in the next few years like i can feel like he wants to be there like i think it's gonna come around sooner than later but I just, man, like basketball is kind of one of those depressing things that makes me think about the dysfunction of the athletic department and the university as a whole. And I just cannot get over the president being so, so stubborn and hard headed to the point where like the man acted like, and I, 
I love you, Michael Crow. You signed my degree. Like, appreciate everything. But the man acted like the proposed Pac-12 Apple TV thing was basically like virtual reality and a spaceship. Like, dude, I can't even like I can't even wrap my head around the Star Wars technology. The the fact that the we are let's just put it this way: we are so lucky Arizona pulled us to the Big Twelve with them. Like, we're lucky. Like, we could have been left behind. Like, if I were a Wazoo fan. I would be pissed seeing that ASU got to go and not a school that actually would have wanted to. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, it's almost like they mess. And then there's like NIL. There's so much that like our athletic department, our university has been so far behind on. But the positive is like, we're going to get new leadership soon. And I think they're, you know, hopefully they're forward thinking. That is, yeah, that's, that is the light at the end of the tunnel on this. But my whole thought, like, what's going through my head right now is, like, why the hell are we even talking about the university on a sport uh, – the university president on a sports show? Ugh, like, that's how that's how broken it is, at least from the outside, that, like, we have to, like, care what Mike – like, all these things that Michael Crow does because your basketball arena has just never been addressed and – it, it just shows how little, like, the university university cares about that stuff. And, like, it's not like football is, like, doing – we think is doing better now with Dillingham. But I feel like so much of that is just because of Kenny Dillingham. It's not because of the program support. It's, like, Dillingham is lifting up the program just with his energy and just his passion. And, like – and also ASU football will always be just a little bit more – like, more supported relative to – it's peers than basketball. Uh, just, I think Michael Crow, at least like, at least he knows that football is like, I don't know, like a bigger deal, but I say that. And then he just let the whole Herm Edwards thing happen. So it's like, (laughs) and I mean, you mentioned NIL, like I think Colton, you mentioned this, I think it was on like our first show that Ray Anderson going on the radio and saying, we're not going to do NIL in February of 2021 when it had already been around for like seven months. Oh my God. That, helped, that, that put us in a bad spot to begin with. And it, the thing is like, everyone got mad at Ray for that, deservedly so, because you can't just say that on a public radio station. But that came from Crow. Like that, that's the top down from Crow, you know? And I think so- said they were gonna develop players, right? Wasn't yeah. that their, their, their hack, their, their ace in the hole to beat NIL was to develop players? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, it's it, it's it's uh the I think we've seen like there's a way you don't have to be Ole Miss and like or you don't have to be like, you know, like you don't have to be a complete portal team. But yeah, like just I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about this like episodes ago, but I remember like Devil's Digest Hode reporting that like Dillingham would go to boosters as houses. The man was in their houses holding meetings with other boosters to beg for NIL and got like 1.5 million in one night. Like one of those, I think the figure was. And it's like, dude, this man is like at the grassroots. He's like a grassroots politician right now, just trying to scrounge up enough to stay in the race. And it's like, 
I guess I fear that with a guy like Dillingham, who I think we're like very lucky to have. I mean, you guys live there. I don't know how people feel about him, but I just see the energy. I see the acumen. I see the thoughts and the forward thinking mentality. And I think we're very lucky considering the state we're in. I get worried about losing a guy like that because we're so dysfunctional. Like I get worried that like we're holding him back so much. Uh, I mean, baseball looks, you know, like they're turning a corner and Willie's, you know, shoot third year. Fourth year, third? I think it's his fourth. Fourth, yeah. I think it's his fourth. And, uh, but I think, yeah, it's like the, and you're right, Mark, like that was a top down thing. Like that was just a company messaging from the university. And it's just like, I think it was just, I don't know, from how they handled football, which was not swiftly enough, uh, to just like, yeah, like, Man, I love that hockey arena, and I've never been there. I've seen the pictures. Hockey team's doing great, but I just – how do you not prioritize a revenue sport? Like, I don't – that that has never made sense to me. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get it. And to Colton's point, Bobby deserves credit, man. He's recruited better than any ASU coach since – I mean, on a large scale. Like, I feel like we've gotten good players, like good recruits. Yeah. Has yeah. it turned out well every time? No, and they figured that out. But it's like, I feel like he's actually giving us a fighting shot recruiting. And I, I don't know how, but he's doing it. And it's like, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like you mentioned the light at the end of the tunnel, Mark, after I made that point about the positive in this situation. Like, I don't even know that we can, I, yeah, I don't even yeah. know that we could see that light right now. Right. No, I know. It's, yeah, I think. One thing I always think about, sorry, Mark, what were you going to say? Oh, nothing, nothing. Go ahead. I was just going to say one thing I always come back to when we're talking about, you know, coaches and how we view coaches. And we had the conversations, uh, Mark, I remember we talked a lot about the Herm Edwards era. And, you know, if we're reflecting on the Bobby Hurley era, it's so hard to look back. But both of those programs were at a point where they might have hit their respective peaks under those coaches when a season was canceled, right? Like we look at the, the 2020 basketball team where they were at yeah. relative to the rest of the conference. So that, right? that's their best team that they've had. Exactly. Same, same can be said with football. I mean, after Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman this year, everybody is pulling up the, the ASU roster and the guys that they used to have on that roster. Um, you know, the and during that season, right? And the guys who used to play here. And, you know, I wonder, it, obviously this is kind of a pointless exercise because there's no way of knowing, but that's a thought that always creeps into my mind is how do we reflect on Bobby? Does that change at all? Or is it much of the same if that season finishes, right? If we get to see how yeah. that, fit, that season plays out, do we get a lot of the same? Or do we see a team... I don't know, win a tournament game. What, what, how does that season end up and how, how do we reflect on Bobby? But I think your point also, Justin, is, is spot on with the talent he's been able to bring in. We've seen guys like Josh Christopher. We've seen guys like Lou Dort. We've seen these guys come play at ASU. And those, those teams, Josh Christopher's, that's another huge what if because of what happened with those COVID seasons. But you know, guys like Lou Dort and, and Zylan Cheatham and those guys who went to, um, I, I think they lost that game against St. John's, right? I, or no, they beat St. John's and lost to some other team, whatever. Was it? Uh, yeah. 
but they were in that that tournament run. I, I think the talent that Bobby brings in is is also it also spotlights like why can't that talent translate into more success? And I mean, maybe we're just it's recency bias. We're in the midst of a, a rough season. Last season was pretty solid. Got into that round of 64, almost advanced. That was awesome. Um but also, I mean, when we're talking about the stadium, too, there's just so much to this. It's such a loaded discussion. When we're talking about the stadium and the fact that that's been sort of, like, pushed off to the wayside, I, I, I think it's going to be jarring when those players are walking into Big 12 arenas next season and seeing what those facilities look like every every week, right? <laughs> Most facilities you go into are going to look a little better than the one that they have to play in. Um, and I wonder what kind of effect the move to a new conference might have on the discussion around facilities. Who knows? Michael Crow might not be there. Maybe there's a more athletic, forward-thinking president who is willing to empower an athletic director and willing to empower these decisions to, to give these coaches the resources that they need in terms of facilities and NIL. Who knows what that looks like? Um, but I think that's why we're talking about a president on this show, right? It's it's not like we can talk about an athletic director. Like, at the same time, <laughs> I, I think those decisions come from the top, right? You have to empower the entire department to be able to do what they need to stay in the race. And that just hasn't happened. It's also a testament to how well Dillingham has done. I know we mentioned him, but in the midst of all of this, he has still managed to make, at least I'm excited, most ASU football fans are relatively excited given the the avalanche of transfers that, that have come in. And not just transfers, like high-level guys who could make an impact next year. So, I don't know, man. That's a lot. There's a lot to talk about with this program. Like, it, it's so hard. The second you go off on one point and you're thinking about one thing, you're like, oh, well, I mean, obviously this ties into that as well. So, I don't know. It's tough, but – yeah, you know, you know what's wild about football is like <laughs> Dillingham. They were three and nine, and the dude signed a better recruiting class than U of A, which had like its best season in like twenty plus years. Like he signed like a higher rated class, and like to me, like that's insane. Like ASU mm-hmm. was at its literally at its lowest, and like yeah, like he's brought in like coaches who are like forward thinking and they're young and they recruit well like he's you know basically like paraded around for nil like he's been like a player's guy while also kind of holding to like some sort of standard right like they got rid of a linebacker last year who ends up in colorado like i think i just think like there's so much good there that I think is going to come around, but right now it's like you really can't feel it because one, it's the off season, and two, there's so much other dysfunction, and like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a pretty frustrating thing because it's like, yeah, there is no athletic director. Heck, there might be no president in like a few weeks, a few months, whatever it might be. All of this has just taken way, way, way too long. Um, and your point was good, Colton, about like the Big Twelve arenas. Like I think, yeah, like you're playing basketball, you're gonna like yeah, you're gonna walk into Allen Fieldhouse one day and then like Texas the next and Houston the next. Like I think like there's just we're we're behind in a lot of ways. Um, but I 
and I like the point about maybe we are just at a bad season. Like I hope that's it. I hope that's it. But I think the reason this is so deflating for me this season is because I really actually felt good about the program last year when they made kind of what I thought was like an unexpected run a little bit, played their best basketball down the stretch, like classic Bobby team, right? They mesh until January and then they take off, they hit the gas pedal. And it's like, it's like, it just exploded this year. Like, I don't, I honestly don't know what happened. And I think that's like, what is so frustrating is like, I hope we are just in one of these like blips. Like it's just a bad season, but it doesn't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it, it doesn't because we don't have anybody like it was always like because of the old transfer rules. It was always that we had somebody waiting in the wings and like, you know, next year was going to be better. And there was more hope because this guy's here, this guy's back or whatever. I, I just don't see it. Like maybe that recruiting class helps pass some things up, but I just, I just don't see it. Like it, we feel, we feel like we're in the middle of the desert plains. That's for sure. It's Dude, it's just, yeah. And with that, the team last year for like, I really do like that team. Like that was, I had a lot of fun watching those games for Same. the most part. And like they had some good non-conference wins and like some good wins down the stretch. But if Desmond Cambridge doesn't hit that three quarters court shot last year in Tucson, they they aren't making the tournament. And like it kind of came down to that, like because they barely got in. And so it's like, like I'm I, like I'm happy. It's like talking about that specific team. Like I'm happy for that team. But like it 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 it, it didn't really like symbolize like oh this program is like taking a, a turn forward. You know, it's like. No, like it's just it's just Bobby doing his best, and you know sometimes sometimes that gets you to the tournament, sometimes it doesn't. But one thing I saw during that game on social media from like a few ASU people um, was like, oh, like we're a baseball school anyway, or like we're a hockey school, or like we're it, and and it's like I get like the point of it is like oh like at least we have other sports and stuff, but it's like. I feel like it's just like I'm so sick of seeing that type of thing surrounding ASU sports because where it's like, oh, oh, well, we're a we're a hockey school or we're a X school that and it's like, man, like we're a nothing school. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. None of these teams are are like flagship programs. Like what do you mean we're a baseball school? Yeah, we're not like we're, we're hoping to get back to the NCAA tournament for baseball this year. We haven't been back in years, and we haven't been. When's the last time ASU was in the College World Series? Like twenty twelve or something? 20, like yeah, twenty twelve. It's been over ten years for historically one of the best baseball programs in the country, and so it it's like you can't even say oh we're a baseball school. Oh, we're, it's like no, you can't even get down to that. Like. You could say, oh, we're, you, you could have said last fall, oh, we're a volleyball school. It's like, okay, like we made last year, like volleyball had a good season and they made the Sweet 16 in volleyball, but like that's not, that doesn't make you an X school. Like there, there, there's yeah. nothing to grab hold of. And like hopefully, you know, hockey and baseball can kind of just like, I mean, hockey's good, but they might, there's only 16 teams that make the NCAA tournament for hockey and they're ranked like, I think they're like 17. They're around, like they're in that kind of area in the polls. And it's like, you know, like we could have a good hockey season, but it may not like really mean anything. And, you know, they may not have like super 
high profile success uh, in the postseason. And it's like, it just, it just, yeah, like Colton nailed it perfectly. It's nothing. And it's like, it, it just shows how through just bad ideas and bad decision-making, neglect, apathy. Uh, and I think it all, it, and it, a lot of it comes from Crow because Crow treats the men's tennis team with the exact same importance as the men's basketball team. And the football team has the same importance as the wrestling team or what I like it, the idea that like every sport is equal. And it's like, that's just not true. Like you have to, like you have to understand that your fans really care about like yeah. 2.5 sports. Like they, like they care about football and they care about men's basketball or they care about baseball and they don't care, whatever. But like, there's like a top of the tier and even, like women's basketball, like that doesn't get thrown in as much, but once Charlie Turner Thorne left, it's just fallen off a cliff. And especially at a time like right now when women's college basketball and women's basketball in general is having a real like, like just growth moment just in terms of like sports, like national sports culture and stuff like that. Like it's having its, uh, there's a word I'm looking for, but I'm forgetting. Like it's just having its breakout, you know, and it's ASU is nowhere to be found in that. And you have schools like Oregon State has a good women's basketball. And so it's, it's just like. You just you just look at all of this stuff throughout the years, specifically the last like ten years, um, and it's just like yeah, it's like <laughs> it's just like oh, like we have sports, and that's our <laughs> you know that's the attraction to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a couple things. The first one's a question though. If ASU women's hoops. God, I hate to say it because I'm the most optimistic person that'll like I keep rooting for ASU just because I think it's fun. And I went there and like paid money to do so, paid student loans to do so. Like it's fun. Like it's fandom. Like we can chop the stuff up all day. But at the end of the day, like I'm going to be watching the next game I can watch because that's just like how it goes. But if ASU women's hoops played Iowa, who would score more points, Caitlin Clark or ASU women's hoops? Uh. It probably just depends on how big the blowout is, <laughs> like how how early Caitlin Clark gets subbed out in the in the second half. Like, <laughs> so it looks yeah. like in in losses, right? ASU sixty seven. Okay, so they played Texas and only scored forty two. All right, that was in the U.S. Virgin Islands, though. So let's fifty two, fifty five. Okay, forty one against Utah. They scored. If they went out against Iowa and dropped forty one. I think there is a chance Caitlin Clark outscores them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. You would need one of their lowest scoring outputs of the season. But to your point, I think your point is it would be close, right? Which isn't good. No. <laughs> you never no. Want, you never no. want your team to be in a race against one player. God. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even want to – that one was too, like, funny to pass. Up. It's just we'll be good again. We'll root for the teams, you know, in the time being, like, it's fun being a college sports fan. Like it really is like I'll support the programs, you know, really till we die. But I think it's also funny. Like you look back at the tenure of baseball when we were there, dude, this was like a perennial world college world series contender that literally just turned a mush right when we stepped on campus, which is the funniest thing. Like I would have loved to go to some of those games at Packard when they were good with like Pajoya or like, you know, like Kipnis or like, yeah, even like, even go, you know, uh, Merrill Kelly, like those guys, even like, dude, even 
the funny thing was like they got rid of Tim Esme because the recruiting was going down. That last Tim Esme team wasn't that bad. Like it's been hard for ASU to get to that level since. Like, and it's almost like we, I feel like they're getting there. Like, I really like what we've seen from them. Um, but yeah, like Colton's point, we're kind of like right now, kind of like a nothing school. And when we talk about Ray, I feel like it's sort of a layered discussion because yes, he did hire like JJ Van Neal. He hired, you know, like stuck with Greg Powers. Like he, you know, he hired Bobby, who I feel like has been overall like a net positive, no matter how his his tenure ends. I agree. Um, yeah. He hired Dillingham, though they had to be pressured by boosters to do so, I think. So I, I don't know how much credit I give there. Uh, I like Bloomquist. So I, it's like, it's funny because I feel like the seeds are there for like a lot of these programs as revival and resurgence. I just don't think like we need, we need some more support and we need some more emphasis on that. And I think like, I, I'm very curious to see who the next athletic director will be because I just, I feel like it's like, yeah, you can, you don't have to have one or the other. And you know, the next president hopefully is like this, like you can have both, like you can be like, it can be a good degree and you can have like decent, good to decent programs. Like, I think that's like doable. It's like, it doesn't. And I don't think like, I think it's clear to set the bar. Like nobody's expecting any Arizona state program other than the triathlon team to be like Alabama football of like the 2010s. Like nobody's expecting that. We're just expecting something competitive, like relatively often or like reasonably often. Like I, and I think like, I think baseball, you know, hockey's good. Um, you know, baseball, I think, is going to get there, man. Like, I think if they can just, like, if that pitching stays relatively steady, like, it feels like those bats are just going to score enough runs. And they don't even have McLean yet, right? Like, he's coming back in, like, a few weeks or whenever it is. So it's like they're going to get a lineup boost from that perspective, I think. But I, I really like the baseball team this year. Like, I think Willie's done a great job. Um, and Tracy Smith, for all you guys have probably talked about him, he's another one. Like, with the COVID season, like, that 2020 AC baseball team is a big what if. I don't think it's enough to have saved his job, but I do think it's a big what if in terms of, like, dude, like, the, that, that team had so much talent, and that lineup was going to be so good with, like, decent, you know, to good pitching. And I, I think, I don't know. So I, I, I think baseball is going to give us something to smile about. Uh, maybe we can pick out a few track and field events in the spring. I mean, baseball, like, should – I don't want to say, like, should be good on autopilot, but of no, all yeah, the sports, like, that is the only, like, blue blood of – if that's a thing of college baseball. Like, but it's – it's just, like, it needs to turn at some point, you know? And, and I, I agree with your points on, like – they should be able to make the tournament this year and they, they probably should have last year. Uh, but yeah. And you mentioned the ID, like with me, I just want someone who has been a college athletic director before yeah. because it's, the college sports space is such a unique like entity. And I want someone who's, you know, had to deal with NIL at a different school, had to deal with potentially like entering a new conference or something like that. Like the, you know, I think the front runner is the guy at UConn, David Benedict, who's like from Tempe and went to ASU. And it just seems like it would just be, unless there's, you know, some weird thing in his background, but it just seems like that would be an obvious choice. And I feel like that's not what ASU is going to do. 
because you know they gotta gotta show everyone how smart they are by hiring some some you know not even an athletic director who works at like some like at Comcast in their sports department or something like just like not anything um, conventional. So I don't know. It's just yeah, there's a lot to complain about. You know, as we're on this call, like yeah. Just... <laughs> I, and, like, I, I, I like, like I wonder how many like it's just I don't know. Like you just need to I, I just think for this fan base, you just need I just want like some high level success to just like kind of get I don't know, just get people through some of this other dysfunction. I I think the baseball team can do that. Uh I hope so. Yeah, I think so. But I just like with the kind of the they had a good run last year, man. And then like in last it's like we you know, they were told RPI. It came down to that and things like like I don't think they were good enough to hang the last couple of years, like when it came to like the big boys. But I think like honestly, this team feels kind of special. Like I feel like they've got some good guys in that position player core that like it's it seems like a pretty good culture there. Like that Willie's built. Um, I mean, shoot, they lost, uh, what's his face? Luke Hill to LSU, like starting kid who started right. at shortstop is like a freshman. And they're still like, they've kind of reloaded the lineup. Uh, still really good. Isaiah Jackson's going to be like a high round pick um, when it's, when it's his draft year. And I just think like, I feel good about that team, man. There's like something, something, some good mojo around that team. I feel like that. I, I think, I think they can bring us out of it. Uh, and worth mentioning all of us in terms of optimism, because we sound very negative on this. I think we were all pretty supportive of Herm, like more than most people, like more than like, I thought, I so, dude, too. I thought that train was rolling at a certain Me point. Too. I mean, dude, after they, I, I want to say after Jaden Daniels beat Michigan state, his second year, that's when I was like, okay, they, they've got something here, possibly. I felt pretty good. Um, and, I mean, obviously they could recruit, right? They brought a ton of guys in. You know, Antonio Pierce is now a head coach in the NFL, which is crazy. Um, yeah. But they, they, they could have done it. I think we were all – I know I was pretty supportive of it. Um, and it just, it just crumbled. So, it was unfortunate. Yeah. I, but I agree with Justin's point about baseball, too. I, you know, obviously they just beat K-State. Um, that had to be pretty bittersweet for Justin, but. Uh, <laughs> no, no, just just sweet. Okay, sweet. all right, yeah. all right. Make Dude, sure, I'm man. excited for that Big 12 baseball slate, man. We're going to roll through that. Yeah, that'll be there's some too. There's some tough teams in there, but it won't be as, it won't be as hard as the Pac-12, probably. Yeah, yeah. But. I mean, beating number 24 in a midweek last night was awesome. Uh, take the first series. I mean, the the, the pitching in that first series kind of scared me a little bit. But yeah, I don't. I don't oh, like the offense. The offense is lethal, and they're playing without arguably their best hitter and or one of their best hitters in Nick McLean too. So uh, he's going to be out for a little while, I think. But should be should be a pretty solid team. I'm excited to watch them. Yeah. And I guess, like, yeah. the reason why I don't throw ASU baseball in the, like, oh, that's something to grab onto is because, like, they should be good this year. But we're talking on, you know, February 21st right now. And, you know, they're 3-1. It's great. But we don't know what's going to happen, you know. So, like, uh, yeah. But 
No, yeah, with Herm, I mean, I, I was very skeptical at first. And then it, it, it's like, it's weird. Like as time went on, it's like he has that first, they go seven and five. And it was like, oh, okay, like this is, you know, they kind of kept everything together from what was left of the Graham era. And then the second year, they go seven and five with Jaden Daniels as a freshman. And they beat Oregon with that uh, great play to Ayuk. And then you, you know, you win the bowl game, you're eight and, you know, you're eight and five heading into the offseason. You're like, okay, like recruiting is going well. Like probably after that Sun Bowl was the peak of the Herm era. Cause that, <laughs> that's when it was like, oh, like we, we're, we're building as a program. We have a good recruiting class. And then the pandemic hits and it's like, oh, okay, but, you know, little did we know what was going on. <laughs> and I, then it just all, you know, and, there are some people who defend it. It's like, oh, well, if if the pandemic didn't happen, then we would. And it's like, well, the pandemic did happen. So it happened in literally every part of the world. So don't act like it was some unique thing that hurt ASU. Uh, and then we're still, you know, dealing with the the carnage of it, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. And I would even go a step further in the peak of the uh, arm era. Do you guys remember when we were absolutely dog walking USC for most of that game? Like that team, dude, that team, I've never seen. Yes, yeah. I have never seen ASU football look more dominant. And I'm including the 2015 team, which was really good, but it never really like dog walked opponents quite like this. You mean the 2014 the team? team? Yeah, 2014. Because uh, 2015 was Herb Streets. They're making the playoff year. Oh, God. Uh, but, that, but, uh, dude, I've never seen anything with ASU football like them absolutely pulling USC down. The, like, they looked clearly better than, like, a school that they should be worse than most years. Um, and then it just all fell apart. Like, for them to not win that game was so symbolic of, like, the entire Herm era. And, uh, yeah, but I, I, think, I think they're in a good spot with Dillingham. I mean, it's just... It comes down to leadership, right? Like you guys work in bit. We've all worked in businesses or companies or whatever. It's like that literally is what it is. Like an athletics department, like it all comes down to leadership from the university, like the top down, like president, athletics director. And if those hires aren't nailed, I hate to say it, but we're probably in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, my hope is that they don't have to be nailed. They just need to be like average hires. Yeah. <laughs> because like, from a sports perspective, Michael Crow as a president, and it's just he's below average when it comes to sports. Like Justin, you mentioned, it, like his uh, talk about the Apple deal. I mean, he is a huge reason why the Pac-12 dissolves because, because yeah. he supported Larry Scott the whole time. I was looking up this week. I just typed in Michael uh, Michael Scott. That's the combo, <laughs> Scott and Michael Crow. I typed in okay. Michael Crow, Larry Scott on Google, and it one of the in articles that came up was him in 2019 being like, you know, once we sign this next deal, everyone's going to wonder how we got passed by the Pac-12. And he was like <sighs> Larry Scott, and I was like, man, like you Dude. do not know what you're talking about in this, man. You just don't. like it. <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally complicit too, and like Pac-12 networks. Like who and who on God's green earth, like would have started a network not knowing whether they could actually get any, like have any like cable providers. 
like yeah. like the most important ones. Like it doesn't make any sense to me, and he supported him like until the end, pretty much. And it's just, oh god, I mean, Support, yeah, was, yeah. Like you mentioned, like we're lucky to be in the Big Twelve, and it's like, yeah, like he, like he didn't want to go clearly, which I don't blame him for not wanting to go. But you have to be more tactful about it. Like you can't just make yeah. it. It's like so. Yeah, yeah, because like I didn't want to go. I love the, the, you know, the old Pac-12, like, and then the football season last year, this year was great. Like, it was awesome for the Pac-12. And so it's like, how ironic for the Pac-12. Like, that's so, like, it's just a microcosm of Pac-12 stuff that the last season of football in the Pac-12 was just incredible. And, uh, and but it's like, yeah, you're right, Mark. Like, you've got to, eventually when the conference is crumbling, like, you've got to have an action plan, an escape plan, like, it just, why did it feel like from everything we saw reported and stuff that he was just dragged kicking and screaming to the Big 12? And it's like, it's like, and for, and I know this is Ray and it's just a joke, but for Ray to be like, yeah, I'm not making that trip to Morgantown, like Gene Boy, you know, like, you know, whoever else can do that. It's like, do you guys not realize how lucky we are to not be on an island right now in the pack three? Like, it's like we could have gotten left out just because. We apparently had no interest in it. Well, Colton, I mean, when we we recorded the, it all officially went down on a Friday. Oh, I think Justin uh, had some internet issues there, but uh, it all. Oh, you're back. Okay, it all went down on a Friday, and then, but Colton and I recorded on Thursday night, and as we were talking, it was like, well, it looks like we're going to join the Pac-12, and then. You know, I mean, Colton, you can talk about it, but like we wake up on Friday morning and you just see all these reports and it's like, oh, this is not a done deal at all. And, it, you know. Yeah, no, it was weird because we recorded and it was like, yeah, Oregon and, and Washington are essentially locked for the Big Ten. And once that happens, it's like, OK, Colorado, Utah, the four corner schools are now going to exodus too. And it was kind of like, OK, what's going to happen with Stanford and Cal? They were still kind of uh the odd ones out i would say because i think throughout the whole process we kind of figured that oregon state and wazoo were ultimately if everybody left those were going to be the two we don't know what's going to happen to them essentially but we uh we recorded and it was like yeah that's a done deal so we're talking about yeah we're probably going to end up in the big 12 you know and then i just remember like teaching and my phone kept blowing up with new notifications for you know washington and oregon are like not locks to go they're trying to figure it out to stay and i don't know it, it was it was a wild morning that friday when it was like okay so what what is going on and then we finally got the confirmation and that's when it came out that crow didn't even want to do it it was like asu had to throw mike or uh u of a i feel like a national play-by-play guy calling it mixing up U of A and ASU, but um, U of A threw ASU on their backs and essentially carried them over the finish line, which is like, I did you know, I don't know. That that whole debacle was just insane. But we're there. Um, imagine imagine if that doesn't happen. Imagine if we're still in the, the oh, Pac-12 and then God. Michael Crow, Michael Crow retires. Oh. And it's like, okay, that that was just such a beautiful parting gift from this man. His his last year on the job, and he basically ruins the the football program academic or uh, 
financially. So, yeah, man, I don't know. That was crazy. I'm happy we're there. Michael Crow can't hurt us anymore. We're in the conference. There's nothing he can do. So, yeah. You can just piss yeah. off uh, President Pierce in the Big 12. Yeah, yeah. Also, I love that analogy, Colton, throwing him over the bat. That's like a tested with time, Tempe tradition, man. Your boy's like just not hanging throughout the night, so you throw him over your back, you know, when the cops come to the complex and just. What would we know about that? Nothing. I know. I don't know. You had a few of those nights, Joe. I I had none. I actually don't drink, so I'm not. Yeah, I've never had anything in my life, and just just major major salute to me. Good for you, but. Yeah, yeah, just trying to, you know, keep it long, you know, as long as I can. Uh, all right, well, let's wrap it up. Did you guys hear the uh, or see the comments from Dillingham today on the radio? Uh, basically just saying, like, um, you know, like, like he was asked about all the, you know, issues in college football and, you know, why coaches. And he's like, like, yeah, there's it, there's annoying parts to it, but there's so many people that want my job who would take my job. And so like, if you don't like it, you can leave type of deal. And like, I really like, like it's, it's, you know, it's, I'm kind of just singing the same praises that everyone did today, but it was just so refreshing for just his, I, just I, his mindset and his attitude leading the program is so necessary right now. Yeah. And you talked about him generating NIL funds basically on his own. That just shows you like, how how it's like it's so good that we have him right now and because again like asu football like it's not like the university or like the athletic director who doesn't exist is out there like helping them get nil it's like it's doing him like he's literally he's leading the charge and he isn't like shying away from the you know duties he has as a coach you know yeah yeah, I, I saw, like, snippets of those, and I, I can't wait to listen to the full interview. Uh, but, I yeah, I I love the attitude and the mindset he has leading the program. On the other hand, though, like, I can honestly see, like, if I were an older coach, I'd be like, okay, dude, like, wait till you do it for, like, 10 years. Especially in this current landscape, like, they really need to fix the college football calendar, man. Like, this is 24-7, like dudes and you know guys and girls are gonna get burned out of this like real real quick uh but yeah like i agree mark it's kind of like we you know have all worked in sports like it's kind of like that and it's not always like fair but it's like yeah if you don't want to like somebody else will or it's like any good job like Uh, you know it's like if you don't want to do it like people will line and that's like called yeah like he's right like his job like if he doesn't want to do it like get out of the way because somebody else will but you're the best point you made was like, it's necessary. Like, can you imagine if in our current state with this athletics department and the university and, you know, Michael Crow, no athletic director, everything. If we had a football coach who wasn't like forward thinking or adaptive to the current landscape of college football, like I, that would be brutal. So I'm, I'm really happy we have Kenny. Yeah. I didn't, I've never even thought about that. Like if who, who were they like thinking of high, like, I know I, Tom Herman's name was in there or like, just Bronco like Mendenhall. Yeah, or like maybe maybe Mendenhall would be fine because he's worked at some bad programs, but uh like but I, I get your point, like Brand X, you know, generic college football coach. Like yeah. I do, yeah, like I do like I do wonder like what the uh the program would look like. Um yeah. that. Well, okay, let's uh no, Cole, all right. do you have anything? 
No, this was uh, an excellent conversation. It's always good talking to Justin. I haven't, I haven't seen that beautiful face in far too long. I wish I could kiss your forehead right now, but um, <laughs> fortunately can't. So, oh damn, love you, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. This was, yeah, I'd, I'd come on anytime. I feel like people pay in this country. People pay far too much, you know, good money for therapy and like. Dude, this just did the trick, man. Like, hour 30 with my boys, just get everything out that I needed to. Like, it was just like, man, I've I've had so much. Like, it's we're, – we're better days are ahead. But, man, what a, what a weird time for ASU Athletics, man. This is just – it's strange seeing it from afar. And, like, I just – I don't know. So, thanks for letting me be on your show. And uh, it was it was cathartic. For sure. You know, it, was, it was our pleasure. Um, we just, again, scheduling Mark yeah. isn't very good at it. Uh, we have like nine guests in our queue. Um, right. Can't guarantee we'll get you on again anytime soon, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you got the free pass, man. Anytime you want to come on this flagship radio show, you feel free. Thanks, man. Thanks. No, I, I appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me. Well, Justin, one thing before we wrap up, let's let's get let's get a uh, 2024 ASU football record prediction. Ooh, you know what? I think we surprised some people. I'm gonna go eight and five, but with a bowl win. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna go eight and five. I, you know what? I was gonna go eight and four like regular season, but I, it's 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 baby steps, like just. Like, I would be just so pleased with seven wins. Like, if we even got, like, to six and six, that'd be awesome. I think eight and five, though. I'm, like, I'm optimistic. Like, I think a lot of good things are happening with that program. And, like, I don't know. I guess the last thing I'll say is it feels like dudes enjoy playing for Kenny and his staff. Like, it feels like people who want to be there, like, are there. Like, we've seen Xavier and Alford, like, tweet about that, like, time and again. And it seems like, like, dude, like, he literally brought in a quarterback to compete with Jaden Rashada, and Jaden Rashada didn't just immediately transfer. Like, I, I mean, it's like stuff like that that's happening where you're like, there's got to be something behind the scenes. Like, they actually enjoy playing there. And it's like, I think we've got something good going. Give me, give me eight wins, including that bull one. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Justin, thank you for uh, taking some time out of your – busy spring training schedule down, down in Florida. Gotta love it, baby. R2 pads, brother. Definitely not a bunch of downtime, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Please uh, rate and review on uh, your podcast app of choice. Like and subscribe on YouTube. And as always, go Devils.